Welcome back. Episode six, Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com. Who do we have today? Riley Murray. Robin Kroll. Kevin Butler. Michael Turksani. Okay. Hard on the heels of episode five. We're back. Hard on the heels. Wow. We're trying to, we're going to talk about um, going back to the customer journeys. We talked about in episode five, um, you know, why it's important to think about that. And um, well, what is it? First of all, what the hell is a customer journey? So we're not going to get into that. You know, why it's important to do it. And then now what we're going to talk about, because that, that one took, took 30 minutes, <laughs> is um, how to go about planning the customer journey and what, what would you do? How would you approach that in your business? Um, so while we're in the throes of this, we do this pretty much every day of the week. So why don't I turn it over to you, Robin, to sort of kick off. How would you, how would you recommend people get this process going i think one of the first things to consider is who you want to be sitting at the table right so you know thinking of every you know sort of every department where there is a customer uh touch point or interaction Mm. and that's how you figure out who sits at the table so to me that that's the first thing that you would you would take a look at now we're going to assume for the moment that it's a priority you know, the business, yeah, everybody agrees that we board. need to do this. So how do we go about doing it? Um, yeah, I think having all those stakeholders at the table is definitely a good place to start. Um, what about um, where in, in the journey to start? You know, customers sort of take take on multiple paths, as we said last time. They're, they could be unique to them. But where, where should they where should you start? I, I think you're, you're almost asking a deeper question in where in your customer journeys is your business. Mm-hmm. Like businesses mm-hmm. coming into marketing aren't starting from scratch. These aren't people who are, you're just trying to get that raw customer into your door. These are people who both that, you want your raw customers coming into your door, but you also want people who might already be halfway through that journey, whatever that is up until this point. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think the key word there is journeys, not journey. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. idea that, um, there's all sorts of different ones, right? I think what I would probably do with all the right stakeholders in the room is is map out a, a net new to what we think is probably the very end of that entire life cycle. Um, and then from there, I think you can go and say, okay, well, we know what we'd have to do from like an acquisition all the way through. But if you had this whole charted journey, you could go and sort of through your database Maybe it's existing customers, maybe it's prospects that are halfway along that journey and sort of try to plot them against that and say, oh, they're actually, you know, halfway through, they're on the tail end of things or whatever. Then other journeys from there can can be built as a result. Yeah, and I think there's there's also uh, a concept of prioritizing, right? So, um, Mm -hmm, you know, hopefully after listening to uh, episode five, everybody you know is bought into the idea of the the value of the customer journey, and that really is end-to-end, but if you think from an organizational perspective, you always have to prioritize what you're going to start with. So you might have five different journeys, but, you know, this particular journey, so it might be, um, you know, your, your new customer journey might be your priority. And then maybe if you see, you know what, we're actually losing a lot of business that 
the customer uh, re-engagement is another prioritized journey. So that might be sort of a, a next step after you sort of have that big picture and say, we're going to start chopping it up into pieces. Yeah, and that's right. You gonna, might, we're you, gonna you tackle know, it. I think you might have like, you know, where's the biggest bang for your buck, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's going to want to grow their business. They're all yeah. going to want new acquisitions or new leads or new mm-hmm. whatever yeah. that happens to be. Um, but if you said, okay, well, they're, you know, it's, going to be a process either way you know to your point what what's the best place to start if you have to start going and touching several departments mm-hmm. um, they might say well we happen to have a 95 percent you know reactivation rate and you know there's not a ton like we can we can grab value there right. but it's right. not going to be you know unless we're cutting like you know a hundred heads kind of thing or half yeah. the business it's like nah, I'm not sure that that's, or they might say, actually, it turns out that to your point, reactivations are pretty difficult. Um, everybody could use, you know, more business, but maybe that's a place where you go and say, well, maybe we should start the implementation there. Sure, and, right? and I think one of the other things that we've seen, just speaking specifically about the leads, because really, have we ever uh, spoken to a business who hasn't said they want leads? <laughs> but if you think you're going to invest all this. Uh, time into building out a really solid, um, you know, uh, an acquisition journey. But if you don't have the next step properly built out, so that that initial uh, new engage, new customer or conversion, whatever, however you want to call it, all that effort for the leads, mm-hmm. yep. eighty percent of your them. business comes from twenty percent of your current exactly so so maybe that's the priority in the process is onboarding um you know brand new customers and you focus on that and then you say all right we've got this really solid then we're going to take that next step saying we're ready for you know to really build out that pipeline and uh we've got everything in place so we're gonna be able to handle all that extra volume great yeah Yeah. so you, you know there's a we talked about um why to do it at the, at the first or the, the last episode and you know driving downstream dependencies so when you think about the planning that goes into something like this um you know kev what are the types of things that you're mapping out you know across the board across the systems across you know the various touch points what are the, you know how do, how do people go and say i'm going to sit down and do a planning session on let's call it a new customer journey you know what does that what does that process look like well i think before you even think about tools and technologies or even really processes i think you just have to ask yourself like what is that goal like, what mm-hmm. are you actually trying to do oh we're trying to get someone to sign up for our new service okay great well, well then okay so you break that down and say well what are the things then that need to happen in order for someone to do that they need to buy into what you're all about well they haven't heard of you well how can you leverage or showcase you know ways to develop that sort of trust mm. And then from there, it's what are the things they'll need to see? Oh, they need to learn a bit more about, I don't know, the value props that you offer or, or what it means to their business to, mm-hmm. to join Kev Inc., right? And so I think that's how it starts. And then from there, you're going to sort of build on that and say, this is what we know. And, oh, that's going to take several messages because this is a complex business and whatever else. And I think those stages start to reveal themselves as you talk this through. In our case, with the client, they know more about their business than certainly we would. Mm -hmm. And from there, I think some of those tools then just sort of naturally enter the fray because you say, well, oh, we would need an email to do that. We would actually need a CRM and we need 
some means to be able to measure engagement or score it or a workflow to then push from stage one to stage two. And then before you know it, you've kind of got a bit of a plan here. And I think you talk it through and then you start building some messaging. And, we, you know, we usually start this in Excel. And I promise anyone listening that these Excel sheets don't look very great at first, but it's the semblance of a mm-hmm. plan. And much like episode five's analogy of um, building a home or a condo, when you dig a big hole, it doesn't look very impressive either, but it's a starting point and it's that foundation for stacking everything on top with a nice clean look and external feel once it's done. But I think that's kind of how it starts. But the, the, the biggest thing that I could say is it's not a Picasso right away. And I think the idea is someone just has to put themselves out there and say, hey, how does this look for a starting point? And let's generate discussion. And Wait, you're going to spend hours and hours you talking hit on, about I mean, it. You hit on a good point where it's like, you know, you're already making the assumption that, you know, you will have a potential CRM touch point or you, you will have a potential, certainly email, maybe things that people can understand, right? Mm-hmm. But you might have a CRM task appear or you might have a, a service case reopen or you know it might there might be some escalation that occurs under a certain condition you know i think that part of the starting point is is to sort of educate that those things are possible because you know otherwise well, people rush to answers when yeah. they're not aware of what's possible i think that's a good point i think you know so you start architecting at a high level um what's the goal and then what has to happen to achieve that goal in, in meaningful milestones and then from there, I think you ask yourself the question, so how do we get them to do that? Hmm. Does a prospect have to click on a link and go somewhere in order to right. do something? And it's like, well, how would they do that? What would power that? Do we have that? And I think a lot of times people will say, oh, I think we might have this, we might have that. And maybe that or maybe that gap um, in terms of technology reveals itself pretty clearly. And it's okay, well, now we need to go buy a CRM or something like that. Right. So yeah. I do think... I think it's important to just identify um, the steps and the touches that have to happen and what those are. And then I think the technology stuff becomes a bit easier. Very rarely, if you go that way, are you going to get to a situation where you say, well, I don't know how technology would solve that problem. And I think that's one of the, you know, the things that when we're working with our clients is very much the partnership because we, we do have a really good understanding of how technology can enable. And then the client comes to the table with that deep understanding of, of their business, of their industry, and we work with we work with clients across so many different verticals that you know it, you know while we have a, a deep knowledge, they're mm-hmm. the ones that mm-hmm. really have that expertise. But it's that that partnership working together. And and the other point that I wanted to add, where you were talking about sort of the, those steps, and you know I, I always think of the the customer journey building. It's it's iterative because you're you're going to build one layer where you're going to say, okay, this is what the step is when it looks like. And then you think of, okay, but actually to get from this step to the next step, this is what you have to do. And, and what does that experience look like? And all of those multiple steps, it might not come out in the first time that you're building a customer journey. And, and mm. you know, Kevin, you have a lot of experience with this as well. You can, I'm sure you can, hopefully you can confirm, but, um, you know, when I've done this process, it's it's multiple sessions because the first time you're going to do it, you're going to get those first layers. You're going to come in the, some of the additional mm-hmm. pieces. And then you come back to it and you start thinking, oh, well, actually, this is where you would go to the next time. And that doesn't always come out first because there's a lot of, a lot thought of process. It won't. Like, it won't. More yeah. often than not, it won't. And I think it's because you have to get that baseline in. Yeah. 
it's like when you watch Westworld. You have to basically <laughs> get a lay of the land first before you yeah, can I pay attention to the details after. Either, but see, I want to, you know, I want to hear from Riley on this because you're very quiet. <laughs> well, okay. I, in terms but, of, but here, here's what I want you to, to not to, to cut in. Here's what I want you because you've been a part of a lot of these. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been part of pushing into, you know, after the digital is sort of off the ground and pushing into these analog, you know, teams that they were used to doing things a certain way, and then, you know, you're like, wow, you know that the planning process isn't so straightforward. So you think of like, what advice would you give or how would you approach that now, knowing what you know today about pulling these departments together and how to, you know, drive a journey conversation. It it definitely comes back to integrating a multitude of different teams. Like whether you're initiating that conversation with your phone room, with your development room, with your sales room, there's so many different levels of these teams that have to work together. And in no way is that person in the big boardroom thinking about the developer wherever he's located integrating a request a product form in an email like these these are are, well i guess that's a bad example that could be related in that regard but uh to a developer um integrating something in your phone room like you don't think of those being connected Mm -hmm. but if you look at the stages of that customer cycle whether that's going to the website and then filling out a form, the web developer comes in on that uh, website experience. And then there's that whole step of engagement where that user is going to receive an email. They're going to start interacting. Maybe if they click on that email, that phone person is going to end up calling that customer. And there's that whole step-by-step process where the developer, that initial phase of that development project, ends up having such a big impact on that end result of that phone person being able to have a good interaction and you have with that to, customer. You, know, and you have to think through, it's like on the journey mapping, it's like you know, the things that are in control of the digital team, it's like, okay, well, we can fire an email at this stage or, or not, or we can put them to a progressive profiling form or not. We could do, we can kind of control all that, that aspect. But then when it's like, oh, but what do you say when you get them on the phone? You know, we've now put this little bit of information in your CRM, which might be that last URL that this customer might be interested in, you know, in the last 30 days. And how does he, he or she use that information? You know, is it, hey, I just saw that you clicked on this URL and creep the person out? Or is it, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, what's what's the script, right? Well, it's definitely part of the enablement, right? In terms of um, you go and invest a bunch of time, money and effort, resources, everything into building this and a lot of thought into it. And then it'll fall down if someone doesn't know what to do with it yeah. in that right. moment. And but I, I think also a big part of that, though, is knowing what information is attainable by each area of your company. Mm. I don't necessarily want our phone sales people to know exactly which link in an email somebody's clicked on. Because right. that's not going to be useful information to that salesperson necessarily. In some cases, it absolutely will. In some cases, like you said, Michael, it's just going to creep the customer out. Yeah, Depending exactly. on how it's used, right? But again, when you talk about enablement, it's I'm a big believer when it comes to any kind of salesperson that you got to, as a marketing or marketing ops, you have to arm them with all the information possible and the knowledge of that information, what it's designed for, so that they can make and do their jobs and make the best decision they can with that information. If they want to use that thing at that part of the sales stage or sales cycle, then fine. If they understand what it really is, how to use it, then you're trusting that sales rep has the skills to go and deliver what's required. Right? Yeah, but I think when you're, you know, and I agree with you, and I think, Robin, you touched on iter- iterations mm-hmm. in the planning, but also, 
being able to have the appropriate measurements and be able to see how things are going. And I think it's, you know, right. certainly a, a longer term adoption. And a lot of the things that we work on, whether it's, you know, the first version of this customer journey or the first version of how we're thinking of your data and your KPIs, it seems to that, you, you know, you mature these things over time. And, you know, in that case where, you know, marketing and the team that's responsible for blowing out these journeys and, you know, we want you to say the right things at the right time and, okay, we think that's all going to come together, then it's like, well, it's probably not going to come together in the first run. Like, you know that you're going to have five salespeople to get it right and 50 that don't. And But there's up. testing and learning that goes into this too. Right. So, like, and we say this a lot is when you're, when you're developing these new concepts and new call it processes you're you're putting your best foot forward we're coming up with what we think are the best idea at the time but i think we're all prepared to learn from whatever transpires on those to say oh we can do that better moving forward so failure is okay if you're learning from it it's an important thing for uh senior leadership to have that same perspective agreed well, and right? that, yeah and that's yes. what i'm saying is that yes. i think what you're seeing riley and what you touched on was it takes a lot of these departments to come together to 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 even have a chance to succeed, these things need to come together under that umbrella of hopefully a strategic, you know, mandate that we need a, a digital thread to run between everything. But then on top of that, fully expecting that you're not going to get it right. So a big part of like what we would do is help them provide that framework, if you will, to even go about that in their business. And then to your point, like get, get it coming back from it and just constantly iterating that it's you know the process of, of implementing these journeys and changing the journeys to a point where it's actually adding value right right yeah. one of the things we didn't mention before but i think is pretty critical is when you um you start building what this journey looks like or journeys and, and maybe it looks more like a gantt chart um is to also identify the, like the departments or the the roles of responsible for which part of that journey and then also the technology that's going to be used in mm -hmm. that well like, that's exactly with one of our the, clients layers, that's right. Yeah. Right? we're talking about um literally at the granular level of well what's the stage inside of their crm mm -hmm. oh it's still a lead and we've built out nine different stages in the lead and i think the other interesting thing too is not to get hung up on well oh this is a lead and then it gets converted to an opportunity like you don't have to play by anybody's rules other than the rules that it just has to make sense for the business mm -hmm. and most mm -hmm. importantly what the reports say so in this case for one of our clients with a more sophisticated journey that prospect by in this case their CRM Salesforce by Salesforce lingo stays a lead for the entire journey but they have each stage mapped out we're gonna know how long each stage um, that prospect stays in if it's two days five days a week whatever and we can monitor, measure, and pull reports to say a thousand people entered this week. We've got 200 that have moved through to this stage and that stage. And so it's all transparent and visible. So who cares if it's really lead and op or whatever? Mm -hmm. We can measure it. And that's the most important thing. So I think it's important not to get hung up on what is it and more about can you measure it? Right. Right. Yeah. Is, it, is it moving towards your objective? Yeah. I mean, I think it's very difficult to do, right? I think that you plan these things out and they, you know, if you've gone through a solid planning exercise like we're discussing today, where you do have some spreadsheet or probably a combination of the spreadsheet and the diagram starting point that we would use that calls out stages and objects and downstream and upstream and all these types of things so that, you know, as the business and as the people that are thinking through this stuff, um, evolve then you can say well actually what that does mean that we'll have to have 
this touch point and that we will need to do data integration here or we will need a web developer over there or whatever those things are that all needs to come together in that in that format um, but for customers that i think you know that are lucky enough to be on something like a salesforce pure play across the board it's not going to be easy i mean we know that it's going to be a lift no matter what but if you're not on that type of an environment it becomes like almost that much more challenging now to sort of stitch oh, yeah. these pieces together in a legacy environment to really understand where are people at like and, and is this sort of working is it benefiting and if you don't to riley's point have you know good buy-in everybody's just going to sort of throw their hands up eventually and say oh, this isn't working or you know why am i doing yet another thing i'm already busy enough i don't want to check this tab right so I think that, you know, this has been, do we have anything else we want to throw in there? I mean, essentially what we're saying is, you know, you need to do your planning, start with the right people in the room that probably are part of the entire, you know, any touch point in the business. Mm -hmm. Have a well-defined goal for have, what yeah. you're actually trying to do so that you can break that down by stages and steps and measure it right and those meaningful. might be multiple goals multiple stages and they're not all going to be tackled at once yeah. and it's completely agile there are going to be changes that come up six months from now that you never even thought would exist yeah that is a guarantee and then downstream <laughs> know all these you know as a as a methodology of a of a true kind of end-to-end -end planning process for the rest of the the systems and tools that would be part of enabling this journey yeah. to be able to then say yeah well this is what was approved and now we will add data we will start collecting this it yeah. will change policies and customer service it will mean that we're doing things slightly different it will drive an it project it will drive a salesforce or it will drive an integration i, I think that that's one of the huge values of painting this bigger picture for companies is that they can then use it as a tool to really move that process forward instead of it being an IT project or yeah. a customer service project. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was great, Alex. Thank you. No problem. Two in a row. Should we introduce <laughs> who Alex is? Everybody knows who Alex is. He's super popular. <laughs> Alex, Everybody knows. Yeah, Alex is, knows is our, our producer, director, yeah. technical wizard, and wearing many, many uh, goose hats. So keep tapped in. This is we're, we're pumping content out. I mean, I don't know. We're probably we have to be one of the top. We have a lot to say. We've got like I don't know six going. We're pumping these out on like literally every, every like every week. It seems like. I'm just kidding. We got to amp the content up, Kev. Like, <laughs> we got to be pumping these out. But but you know, like and subscribe and share. Yeah. We're going to be running a contest for a free iWatch. Maybe. Are maybe we still filming? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we are. Or, or at the very least, like uh, a, a water bottle. At the very least, one of our water or bottles provided by our customer. Hat. One of our customers, Condo Advertising Connections, sponsoring the podcast today. I'm just kidding. Watch. Well, kind of they are. Anyways, thank you very much. Episode six done. <laughs>